0: Day, August 25th, 2020. And I would guess about two-thirds of the population is likely watching the Republican National Convention. We had the uh, DNC go on, I guess, last week. Like, I really don't pay attention to this. I'm, I'm probably the worst American ever in that respect, <laughs> even though I was born here. But I, I really just don't have the tolerance for uh, the stomach whatever the hell's on between the hours of uh 24 hours on television really you know we have primetime television 5 p.m to 10 p.m morning television 5 a.m to 10 a.m and midday and mid-afternoon and it's all we all know anybody who listens to this know it's all crap uh so just because we have the Republican National Convention, and just because we had the Democratic National Convention does not mean that it's any less bullshit that they were spewing at you. Everybody, I'm sorry, I'm cleaning, everybody has to have their side, and and, and that's part of the problem in this country, is that these people, we as citizens in this country, or non-citizens, or just uh, occupants of this country. Let's just call ourselves occupants, because as a citizen, that would imply that you have some degree of freedom or rights, and I don't think any of that really fucking applies in the the post-apocalyptic COVID-2020. But yeah, yeah, they want you to think that you have choices, and they want you to think that, uh, you know, uh, the divisiveness, and back and forth, and one side polarized. One side is is right, one side is wrong, and, uh, I'm trying to talk to you guys while I'm fucking cleaning. But it's August 25th, people, and, uh, it's all the same bullshit going on. We have the end of summer and the beginning of the school year, and the Republican National Convention is going on the screen, so most of, I don't know, America, 50s, 60s, and over, the ones who still believe are likely tuning in to watch their savior and their leader and i have to admit I, I i don't want to turn on the tv because i have so much shit to do but i find trump entirely entertaining and and but it's just too much of a waste of time like i don't even know when he's going to speak like i don't give a fuck enough maybe i'll watch a clip later but he's quite entertaining and um but i don't Wait on his every word because what I tend to hear is uh, you know the China quote China virus uh, and it's amazing that he still use that ter- uses that term I think it's absolutely hysterical that um, he still uses it despite the controversy and, and he's going to do what he wants but he did an about face on his position uh, prior to being elected he was anti-vax and now he is pro-vax and they are pumping lots and lots and lots of money into the vaccine makers and I have to see if my podcast is still available because they might have fucking stole that shit from me. Like, I wasn't even paying attention. Right under my nose. Um, The COVID cure nobody's talking about. That being Pepsid. That being the Wuhan scientists going over there to figure out, you know, quote-unquote, what was the best thing that we already had on hand, readily available, that was FDA approved to treat this, quote-unquote, China virus. And I haven't heard a peep. Out of the great Trumpster's mouth, our, our, our America's favorite president, our dear leader. Not one fucking peep about Pepsi. Not one peep. Not one peep. And this little intro is not really supposed to be a rage on Trump and Pepsi, but it's all part of the lie. That's why I refuse to turn on the television, because even though right now he basically sold us out, whoever believed in him in response to that platform. Um, Or maybe he's just paying lip service and just writing checks because, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It'll play out the way it'll play out. But he says military involvement. Those are serious things. Those are really serious things. So you have to wonder, like, which side is this man truly on? Um, Doesn't seem like he's on ours. But people are going to believe the people are gonna hold that torch, the people are gonna hold that candle and hold fast to tradition no matter what, because they need something and somebody to believe in. And without that something or somebody, people just they lack hope. They lack the guidance, they lack vision. You know, like if they if these people, Republicans and all these people who like really watch Trump and shit, right, like really understood, like they would be so disheartened, so brokenhearted, and I don't know, maybe that's what needs to be done for people to really understand, like, you know what, how dare you, how dare you, you lied, you lied to us, like, people need to wake up, it doesn't matter what convention it is, what side that you're on, they are lying to us, collectively, both sides, so now you got you dumb Stupid soldiers out there, these mindless morons who go out there and cause destruction, and they are the reactive oxygen species. As I had said, they are the cancers of society, and they've been unleashed. They've been unleashed to destroy the economy, and we are just collateral damage. The economy, the average person, the average wave slave. Collateral damage. We are all collateral damage because it's not just about the president and our congresspeople and, our, and our, our politicians and how they deal with the public. It's not just their relationship with us that matters. It's their relationship with the other powers that's even more important. And what people don't understand is they are speaking lies right to our face while making backdoor deals. <laughs> That people need to understand Really 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 fucking wake up that those backdoor deals are not in any of our interests But nobody nobody really questions these things. All right, so I had the privilege of coming across a Corbett report Watch watch my fucking computer. It just doesn't want to connect to the internet these things happen but uh, I had the privilege of, of of listening to this and I just wanted to share He's pretty good. I don't listen to him that often, but I just happened to catch his episode this evening. Uh, August 25th, 2020, 34,000 views. That's great. He has such a huge, he has how many, 490, almost almost half a million subscribers. And I've only caught him a couple times before. I know people watch him on the regular and that's cool. I just like don't always have time. So let's share this one. Only sociopaths reject the new normal. Uh, Hashtag propaganda watch. Okay, and this this is interesting. It's it's towards the end, but uh, it's about what I had read in the prior blog. Um, Just conditioning, you know, just conditioning people. All right, let's let's start
1: this. I don't think these people are arguing good faith. It actually doesn't matter. Perhaps they truly believe from the bottom of their heart that the only possible explanation for not believing the unelected, unaccountable health authorities, and to every pronouncement that they make, even when they tell you that they have lied to you in the past. See? Uh, the only possible reason you could have for not believing them and not trusting them and not 100% going along with whatever they are saying today is because you are an, a sociopath. <laughs> Maybe they really believe that. But I know anyone with two brain cells to rub together does not necessarily believe that. So... I think this is an exceptionally important part of the biosecurity paradigm that we're sleepwalking into—the pathologization of dissent. Yes, we have seen it in the past. As I say, nine eleven truth researchers and other people who have questioned the uh, the pronouncements of authorities have certainly suffered uh, the, the problems as a result of that in terms of being uh, psychologized, having their their political dissent psychologized into a some sort of pathology. Going to take one for the team and do something for the good of society even if you do not believe that it is good well we will make you believe it is good one way or another i.e we will find excuses to drug you up in whatever way we think is necessary in order to make you want to receive the vaccine
0: so drugging people um this has been going on for decades within american society and uh i grew up in the 80s, early 80s, I was very young in the late 70s, and by the time, let's see, 1980, I believe, yeah, that's when they started drugging me, uh, these days, these kids are drugged They're 5, 6, 7, 8, like, they want to drug them as soon as they come out of the womb. That's the goal. That's the goal. I think I came out of the womb, I don't even know if I had fucking a vaccination. You know um maybe a couple days into it these days the these kids they're ready with the needles let's go and he mentions like a drugged up society and you have to kind of look at that because what he's speaking what i've seen is absolute truth um we are the most drug society in it in it all across age spans all across demographics we are the most drugged, I'm pretty sure, on the planet, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever age range you want to break it into. We're a nation of drug users and drug pushers and, and, and that's what the business model is all about. It's one of the foundations of America, I guess, and it's, such, it's so shameful. I remember going through a period of time where I was so ashamed to be American. I was like, yo, man, this is so ashamed that this is what these people represent. Because everything that I was reading about these big corporations is how they just destroy. And I was mad because I'm hearing about Dole destroying Guatemala, and I'm hearing about all of these agricultural co- companies and these, you know, obviously biopharmaceutical companies. Not even realize that I was part of the experiment myself. <laughs> I came across this so much later in time where I realized, bitch, you were part of the early experiments. <laughs> you you here paranoid like a motherfucker and you were born into it, child. And uh, these kids these days more so, uh, I think it's terrible that, that, again, they're drugging them younger and younger and like Jim Corbett says here.
1: And I should note that, of course, bioethics, which is all about health anyway. And if you're not going to take one for the team and do something for the good of society, even if you do not believe that it is good, well, we will make you believe it is good one way or another, i.e. we will find excuses to drug you up in whatever way we think is necessary in order to make you want to receive the vaccine. And I should note that, of course, bioethics... Should not be a, uh, na- a neutral sounding or even good sounding term in your ears if you know the real history of that profession. If you do not, I will exhort you to read my recent article on From Bioethics to from Eugenics to Bioethics. Where Oof, I-
0: that's actually really good. I remember uh, studying bioethics many, many, many years ago, and like the shit that's going on now, I, we didn't even touch this. We didn't even touch shit like this. I, I, I don't, the technology maybe just wasn't widely admitted to. Like, now we have CRISPR technology, and, you know, I didn't know about fucking bioweapons programs and bioethics. It was just real basic stuff pertaining to, like, the medical field. and It wasn't on this large-ass motherfucking scale. Um, you have scientists who could create all sorts of monsters these, these, these powerful beings now rule the earth and you years ago when, when they invented the singularity project or Craig Venter um, you know they're able to bioengineer life from nothing building blocks now at that time a rudimentary a rudimentary level of bacteria, Then they progress to viruses, we're talking CRISPR technology, and then they're going to try to embryo edit, correct? Embryo edit humans. That's the next step. Who does this? Just stop for one second, because when they speak about this on the news or they tell us in the media, Hey, you know, we're going to edit some genes so, you know, this kid doesn't come down with this. Ooh, wow, yay! You know, we're saving the day. I Meanwhile, well, it's a super rare fucking disorder that, like, one kid out of a million and seven get. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna edit the gene sequence on these embryos just to see uh, what the chances are and, you know, play with probabilities. And they, they present it as some kind of victory. Well, really, it's just a cruel, sick joke. A sadistic, like, why, what are you doing? because let's say this embryo does develop and become a human being like are you creating humans and they create i think the term is chimera human and animal hybrids you get these weird things fucking swimming up in the ocean with human teeth and it looks like a fucking seal yeah what do you think that is it's not a hoax it's chimera They've been doing this. They can grow ears on fucking mouse backs. Like They've been doing this for a long time. So if they've done it. Oh, well, we're doing it for the progression of science. So we're doing it for the treatment. Here's the bioethics, right? Oh well, What are you doing? What are you harming these animals for? But they don't get far enough. It's so secretive of what they've done and what they've been doing to humans. People don't even realize. But they only see it. They only see it in the screen they only see it in the images that they portray to people as fantasy? (laughs) these motherfuckers. You know? Regardless, they want people drugged and complacent so that they cannot see the prison that they're in and they cannot see, you know, the lies that they've been told and the theater, the puppet show theater that's been presented in front of them. Sorry. Let me continue.
1: I did talk about some of that history and some of the shady characters that are involved in bioethics, trying to convince you of certain behavioral yes. changes that should be made for that it's your okay own good for them to I. do I. These the, good things. Of the eugenicists. Yeah. I will also, once again, direct you back to the actual article that this is stemming from compliance with containment measures to the COVID-19 pandemic over time do anti-social traits matter interesting read it for yourself and come to your own conclusions about the conclusions that they come to and while you're there just as a little bonus in the recommended articles sidebar there is a uh, link to an October 2020 edition of personality and individual differences an article in that edition is the development and initial tests for the psychometric properties of the COVID-19 phobia scale. Yo, they're run they are just running tests like crazy on us. A novel type of specific phobia, COVID-19 phobia.
0: Okay. Which
1: uh, is an interesting idea and perhaps more, um, <laughs> more, more based in reality than this idea that only sociopaths could be against Damascus guidelines and other such things. At any rate, we'll leave this exploration here for today, but obviously we'll be returning to this topic, I am sure, in the near future. Absolutely. Um, But I will, as always, put all of these links in the show notes so that you can go and explore them for yourself. There's a lot of very important matters that are happening right now. This is one of them. I will, as always, be here examining them uh, with you here at CorbettReport.com. I hope you'll be here to join me for that. I'll join you
0: again. Until next time, James Corbett,
1: CorbettReport.com.
0: You'll hear from me, Corbett. You'll hear from me again. This is actually good. Let me see if I can find that article he referred to. That's pretty deep, man. But that that just goes to show you, again, with my earlier podcast, um, yeah, there is, it's a full-scale <laughs> psychological mind-fucking-warfare, and man, and now, now we have the uh, bread and circuses, otherwise known as the election, coming up. I'm actually starting to get a little nervous here. Uh, I can't find ammo. And that's that's a little disturbing to me. Um, but I have to find what I have to find. And again, and my messages will always be clear. Don't let any of this stuff distract you from trying to put yourself in a better position. And um, don't depend on these puppets, puppet masters in the puppet theater to come and save your ass uh right now this point in time it's all about self-sufficiency you have to learn how to do that you have to learn how to be that because none of these motherfuckers are gonna come to save you and even if it's an election or earthquake or a hurricane or an asteroid or sea orus blanketing the earth it's like sooner or later again this is just 2020 has started off with a bang and this is a decade. Who the fuck knows? They they have this planned, so they're laying things into motion. And maybe the things that're gonna happen that you know what, out of their control too, and they know it. So they're just planning to you know they destabilize us, and then something happens, and then we get destabilized even more, and then they come in, set up, swoop in, and save us. And that, that's pretty much how they plan it out. So they're gonna plan it out, and they're gonna come and save us probably come and save us with their digital dollar or whatever the fuck. Their AI um artificial intelligence, their robots everything. It's gonna be like something out of fucking like uh, Robocop and shit. It's gonna be fucked up. Um not Mad Max level yet but yeah it's gonna be ugly. It's gonna be real ugly. (laughs) Alright this is not what I expected but we're at 20 minutes, and um, let's see if I can try to find. I cannot find the article that he's referring to. Show notes. Ah, here we go. Sociopathic traits linked to non-compliance with mask guidelines and other COVID-19 containment measures. Look at that shit. COVID-19 containment. Weaponized psychology. Yes. Is that one of his shows? Ah, he's pretty smart. Yeah, I got a lot of work to do, so... That's great. The development and initial tests for the psychometric properties of the COVID-19 phobia scale. (sighs) Uh -uh. (sighs) Wow. This is amazing. I feel like I just struck a gold mine. I've never really clicked on the Corbett reports um, website before. so uh, yeah yeah this is a, this this particular thing that I clicked on only sociopaths reject the new normal is is a treasure trove. this is right down my alley. so I got a lot of shit I gotta do so I can't really get too involved because then I'll be thinking about this rather than concentrating on the shit that I have to do. But as I was saying before, you have to put yourself in a good position. You have to think ahead. So near me, where I live, there are still businesses open. Uh, we're still functioning because we can function a little bit independently from the larger metro area, which I am adjacent to. But I see many people online posting uh, what's happening in the cities across the United States, but you know more importantly, the city adjacent from where I lived. And where I grew up, and it's it's kind of it's just wild. It's wild to see that. It's wild to see that. I grew up in Hell's Kitchen, and uh, it's just uh, it's an amazing thing to behold what is uh, happening to New York City, and and and, and knowing the whole, it's going to likely become. Because the money is leaving. I'm glad that I'm not there anymore. At least where I am, there's still some money. And uh, there's still some economy that's a little independent. And so if you live in a metro area, it's probably best to try to find a smaller independent economy. Now, ideally, I would love to get the fuck out of this country. That would be ideal. Uh, But that's that's just really not going to happen right now. There are things that keep me tied to my environment for the time being. And yeah, so it's just a matter of wherever you are, wherever you can stay, making the best of what you have in front of you and trying to be a step ahead. And the, even if that's something as stupid as just like buying like extra bar of soap or extra tube of toothpaste, like for real. Little simple shit like that, every little every day you go shopping, every time you go shopping, order food online order in bulk like it makes a difference you have to set yourself up anybody anybody right now has to really try to set themselves up comfortably for a second lockdown even longer even longer without things on the shelves and this is what I've been preparing for for a long time and this is what the initial part of the year really a lot of us at least here in New York, man, like we, it was a little crazy. What if it happens a second time? Are we going to recover? Are we going to rebound? Are there going to be things on the shelves? We don't know. So instability is definitely on the horizon. Further instability. And anybody who's not planning ahead and not stocking up is going to be late to the fucking party. Don't be late to the party. Do what you got to do. Every little thing counts. It doesn't matter if it's fucking floss. It doesn't matter if it's batteries. It doesn't matter if it's soup. It doesn't matter if it's chicken pot pie. It doesn't matter. Just make sure you're set. Make sure you're set for a while. Alright, going back to ammo. Yeah, I need ammo. That's definitely a sign of the times, man. Definitely a sign of the times. Anybody want to barter, hit me up. (laughs) There's always something here in the medicine chest that I can help you with. oh geez all right it is august 25th 2020 and um yeah be safe be safe and, and, and find peace while there's still peace to be found man because this some fucked up shit we got going on here it's really just scary oh look at this the most dangerous period for your savings and individual freedom we've ever seen all right i just happened to come across that via internationalman.com. International man. I'd like to introduce Chris McIntosh. I don't think I want to read this. After working for many top-tier investment banks, Chris left the corporate world. He has since built and sold multiple million-dollar businesses, built a venture capital firm, allocating $35 million into early-stage ventures, and has become a full-time trader. It's kind of like a life I wish I could lead. I don't want to be a trader, but i don't know what's venture capital i don't know. anyway he now manages money for clients of Glen, orkey capital a macro focused hedge fund see I, I wouldn't want to have a hedge fund because i, I think that the premise of hedge fund is like you know it's like you're fucking people over and then you like you're 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 trading on leverage and then you trade on leverage it's kind of like I don't, know, I don't think it's ethical i could be wrong Chris is the founder of Capitalist Exploits well the name says it all with its flagship investment subscription letter called Insider alright so I guess they're going to have a discussion as countries destroy uh, as countries destroy their national currency so it's not just happening here middle and lower class individual in- <laughs> I can't even speak mm. let's try this again alright let's get into our discussion as countries destroy their national currencies, middle and lower class individuals will be disproportionately affected. Are we seeing global destruction of private savings? What are the implications? Okay, so this is International Man interviewing Chris McIntosh. And I just told you Chris is the founder of a Capital of Exploits, blah, blah, blah. So he's a money man. I don't know. I don't know much else about him. So he asks, are we seeing global destruction of private savings? Yeah. What are the implications? Chris McIntosh. There is a lot to unpack there. What we're seeing is the wholesale destruction of the middle class, especially in Western democracies. I think it's by design. We're also seeing a wave of Neo-Marxism taking place across the Western world. None of this sounds good at all. And they see it as an opportunity. For anybody who wants an in-depth look at it, I suggest going to the World Economic Forum and looking at what they call the Great Reset. Ah, I've been hearing about this Great Reset. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. They see this as an opportunity to rebuild the world in communist form. And See, have any of these neo-Marxists ever... (laughs) This is what happens when you send your kids to the public school system. Gen X parents, or millennial parents, or whoever raised this generation of, I don't know, who raised this generation of fools? Shame on you. Shame on you. Okay, so the destruction of the middle class allows governments to enact all sorts of dangerous policies because the middle class is really what rises up does the middle class rise up no i disagree with that <sighs> what is the definition of middle class i guess that yeah i don't know when you have a middle class people fight for that okay so the middle class in my neighborhood is a lot different than the middle class in your neighborhood and then the middle class in your estate. In the middle class of, you know, like, even my hoods are a little classier than, like, a legitimate, like, real... And they could be on some spectrum where they'd be considered poor or poverty. On the lower end of the spectrum, there are plenty of people who lower middle class. So who are more likely to fight? The lower middle class? The middle middle class? Like, this guy is glossing things over. I don't like him too much. But... The upper middle class, and those are people who I tend to see a lot, like, around me. Um, There are pockets of hoods, but even the hoods are getting better. It Depends. They're comfortable. They're not going to fight for anything. Like, their idea of fighting is going to the voting booth. Like, that's what they're doing right now. They're, you know, well, they're going to vote for Trump. So that's their idea of fighting. Um, But a lot of the middle class, I feel, is extremely complacent. Like, what are they fighting for? These people are so the middle class, quote-unquote, these are the ones who are just, who just run around jerking themselves off 24-7 and entertaining themselves, movies, music, TV, blah, 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 and the cycle continues, and, like, what do they know about fighting for anything? I mean, now that their entertainment has been taken away, I'm sure they're a little agitated and uptight, but at the end of the day, like, oh, really? What do they get near me they're all fat and soft so i don't see these motherfuckers fighting for anything um so let me continue so this guy is saying when you have a middle class people fight for that it depends if they have capital and resources to present some resistance okay if you take that capital away from them they have less resistance okay certainly if you take it away from them and then replace it with something like a universal basic income people essentially just become serfs of the government that's what they want and that's what they're doing okay <laughs> and that's what they want was my sentence and that's what they're doing is says okay so now when you look around the world my throat is so dry this is what happens when i drink coffee that's not what is currently happening in many emerging markets i wouldn't call much of asia an emerging market anymore let me go back to that If you have to take away your place, some people essentially becoming serfs, and that's what they're doing. now. When you look around the world, that's not what is currently happening in many emerging markets. I wouldn't call much of Asia an emerging market anymore. You have non-socialist structures or countries, and the way they deal with this crisis will tell what happens there over the next 10 to 20 years. Western countries are dealing with this crisis by increasing debts, increasing social spending and hence ensuring the destruction of their currencies and their bond markets and impoverishing the citizenry along the way so we are increasing debt. like I don't know what the fuck they're doing over in uh, Asia to deal with what's going on um western countries are dealing with this increasing social spending right we have our subsidy and uh, the trillion-dollar package, and we're just basically just like funneling money back into our system to prop up and blow air into our economy. You know, like 41% of businesses, small businesses, they're like boarded up. This is the irony: we're at all-time highs, and it's, like I'm not saying anything new. All-time highs in the stock market, but <laughs> we got, like depression-level era unemployment. It's like. That's why you got people going out there acting stupid and, like, burning shit down because they don't got nothing better to do. Especially now that I got their $600 a week. It's just so pathetic. We're in a country with so many pathetic assholes. Like, if they didn't have it posh, on some level, like, a lot of those assholes wouldn't even be out there. Like, you think I have fucking time to be out there, like, worried about this cause and that? I, I got shit to do. Right? I try to plan ahead. So unless they're comfortable or somebody's paying them, the fuck are they doing out there you bored just get a fucking life be a productive member of society but again they are the detractors they're the cancers they're these people are are set in place and in motion to cause this further entropy and further dissolution and i'm getting at 33 minutes here so let's finish this fucking shit however in other countries and i could pinpoint many Mainly in Asia, Eastern Europe, and even Russia. They're not handling this in the same fashion. Many of these countries don't have social spending programs to the extent that the West does. Okay, right? Hence, there isn't a belief by the citizens, citizenry that the government can or should look after them. Yeah. All these little assholes want their little government benefits. You know what? You want me to get a chip or get an ID or a special this, a special that so I can get my monthly benefits. Fucking keep your monthly benefits. Most people are gonna, you know, they're they're willing to do this. They're willing to... They don't don't have a choice because they're not self-sufficient. They're not self-reliant. So most of them are not gonna have a choice. Not gonna have a choice. And the whole point of this podcast that you should try to get yourself to the place where you can make the choice because the choice is always yours ultimately and they're bringing us to a point in our in our lifetimes that they're trying to get people to readily and easily accept the fact that you don't have a choice we do have a choice and I talk about the great reset in terms of currency my idea of a great reset is even scarier We could all flicker out and come back you know I wonder where we're gonna go when we die collectively the people who I know and I speak to and who think like-mindedly like I'm really starting to wonder like where are we gonna go right are we gonna come back are we gonna be the same consciousness are we gonna be the same fighters are we gonna have something that we're gonna have to do over again better Are we how do we get out of this prison cycle because that's what it seems. And so that part, I haven't come to the answer yet. And so I'm going to actually finish reading this article so I can shut up and make this under 40 minutes. Okay, so in Russia and Eastern Europe and all these other places, they don't have social spending programs. And they are not destroying their balance sheets or creating serfs. So this Chris guy says what he thinks will happen. As the crisis fades with respect to the coronavirus, they're not planning for it to fade here in this country. That's the thing. I I don't see it fading here in terms of what the media, the propaganda. Um, He's saying that many countries will uh, be in poor shape in the emerging markets. However, they are laying the groundwork to build and rise up from it because they're not crushing themselves with social spending plans. They are also not crushing people by disincentivizing to get up and work. That's exactly what the universal basic income does. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it it, it people want to do whatever for their little their money, keep them in the little their comfortable little rat race, little whatever you want to call it, your little rat wheel. People they're okay in the wheel. They I think so. A lot of them they don't know how to live outside of the wheel. So he's saying that these places That don't have the um, social programs they're freer they're freer in terms of market economics and they're freer in terms of human capital so we're gonna see a shift of the human capital as well as capital from the west to the east that's how I see the national currencies and how middle and lower class individuals are affected in the process I think quite frankly that everybody suffers the question is who comes out of it in a stronger fashion and what is more conducive to the capital formation on a go-forward basis it's absolutely clear to me that it's not, in, it's not the West. It's largely in the East. That's the longer-term trend. For the chaos in between, I think it's pretty simple. You want to own tangible stuff. So International Man asks, Aside from the economic trends unfolding and accelerating, As a response to COVID-19, a cultural, political, and social shift is also underway. How are these trends connected, and what does it mean in the months and years ahead? Chris McIntosh. It's all accelerating now, absolutely. Five years ago, I couldn't have written a book to explain what's happening today. And had any logical person read it, they would have said, oh sure, that's going to happen. They would have said, well, that's a bloody great piece of fiction, Chris. Good job. And yet, here we are. Again, these trends are in an exponential blow-off top phase. What does it mean for the months and years ahead? I think it's the most dangerous period of time we've ever seen. Not just for your capital, but also for your individual freedom. (sighs) I told you. I told you, people. Breathe. Freedom is an illusion. Freedom is an illusion that they taught to us as part of the lie. And then, and here the biggest illusion, the election, is right on the horizon in November. And this is gonna be like the fight for our fucking lives. And we're not gonna fight at the voting fo- booth, people. It's not how it works. Individual freedom is fought for individually. Each of us is gonna have to stand on our own sooner or later against the monstrous beast. So... He says, in terms of what it means for capital, we're going to have extraordinary shortages. Right now, people are very focused on a deflationary impact because they're saying, well, nobody's working, businesses are going bust. But there's this credit contraction. That's being met with a lot of fiscal and monetary stimulus. I don't discount the fact that people are losing their jobs has a deflationary impact. What is being missed is the extraordinary shutting down of supply. If you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's food, shelter, and energy. If you look at those components over the last two decades on a relative basis against all other sectors, they are the cheapest they've ever been. Take agriculture, for example. Agriculture is the cheapest it's been in about 70 years, yet we have absolute destruction in supply. We have governments literally deciding who is essential and who is not essential within the food supply chain. This is not any different from what the Bolsheviks tried. We all know what that resulted in. People can look up the genocide in Ukraine, which was a massive famine caused by the government. We're at the cusp of seeing the same sort of thing. Already the U.S. just had the highest rise in food prices in 50 years. And people are still not paying attention to it. This is going to be a massive problem. Tens of millions of people have lost their jobs in the U.S. alone, and small to medium-sized businesses have been destroyed. It's clear that we're seeing the destruction of the middle class. We're also seeing a wave of neo-Marxism, which is sure to transform the Western world's political and cultural nature. (sighs) The risks that lie ahead are too big and too dangerous to ignore. That's why Chris just released the most critical report on these trends, What Happens Next. This free special report explains precisely what's coming down the pike and what it means for your health and well-being. Well, then click here to access it now. So I'm going to click on what happens next, but I'm going to end this podcast. It's called The Great Reset. What happens next? I don't know how long it is. Understand the economic, political, and cultural trends that are unfolding right now. What risks lie ahead and what they mean for your money and personal freedom. And he's a money manager and it's free PDF report. And I have to download it now. All right, well, we all know what's coming. I've been talking about this for a long time, so, um, just stay prepared. Do what you can. Silver has made such a wonderful comeback above and beyond since what happened in March, April, May, June, July, August, five, five months. That's like on the shelves, grab it. I've said this before in the past early, early, early podcasts. You see it on the shelves, grab it. Because you don't know if it's gonna or when it's gonna be there again.